Good evening. It's the Snake River Lib podcast, uh, February 1st, uh, Groundhog Day Eve. Uh, Hoping we don't have a a Bill Murray event uh, with impeachment. But you never know, do we? So um, I wanted to dedicate uh, this episode to a few things as impeachment uh, hopefully is winding down. And, And how... Uh, Democrats could perhaps uh, salvage uh, um, what little they have left of their um, credibility. I mean, frankly, everybody lost in impeachment. Nobody really won in it. But I think that the Democrats really lost more, except they don't see that. The, The shock and surprise that I saw on network news... Um, and the cable broadcast when they realized um, not only that that they didn't have the votes, that they lost the vote to have more witnesses, but also that they were actually going to lose, uh, just dumbfounded me, to be truthful. How did they ever think that there was going to be a victory in this? I don't know. Um... They they didn't, did they? Did they really think that they could get a two-thirds majority um, of this? I don't know. Um, um, Greg Jarrett was subbing for Sean Hannity on his radio show yesterday, and um, oh, I don't want to go there right now. Um, so anyway, so here's here's what I want to do. I'm going to give Democrats. If there's any that listen to this podcast, the Snake River Lib podcast, by the way, I didn't mention that at the beginning. Um, If there's any Democrats that listen to this, I'm going to give you some advice. And this is advice, by the way, detrimental to the Republican Party. Um, But uh, in, in order to be fair and balanced, to try to help you out, first of all, um, uh, for the um, the rank and file Democrats, your party is about ready to screw, screw over the front runner. They're in the process of doing it already. They they are allowing Michael Bloomberg um, um, to buy the National Committee. Um, he's already bought his way into the next debate. He doesn't have any donors. He's um, uh, but so they've changed the rule to allow him to go into the debate, even though he doesn't have any donors. Um, they set a threshold for a purpose, um, and they've changed the rules for him, leaving out all the people of color. So, for all of you who are concerned about uh, the diversity of the Democratic Party at the top, you'll notice that they're changing the rules for an old white guy. Um, not for the first uh, American Samoan woman uh, running for Congress, Tulsi Gabbard, or for President Tulsi Gabbard. Not for um, uh, Kamala Harris. Not for uh, Cory Booker. Not changing the rules for any of them. Changing them for for uh, an old white guy with billions of dollars. So when when 
when you talk about the rank and file and they're doing that because they're terrified that Sanders is going to win. Now, I would happen to agree with the philosophy of the Democratic Party, the DNC, what they're doing is because they think that uh, a Bernie Sanders um, as their candidate in the election is going to re result in a McGovern-like loss. And I agree completely with them on that. I don't know how they stop it anyway, regardless of who runs. Because if it's not Sanders, then you're going to have the whole extreme left or, you know, are probably going to sit it out if Sanders gets screwed again. But that's a whole other issue. Um, here, so let me help you out. Democrats, you need to have your people in the Senate send a message to the House to put this impeachment crap away. Have those that are not running, those that are from your more moderate states, you know, your Joe Manchin, you know, uh, um, the the senator from Arizona, um, whose name escapes me right now. I'm not going to go look it up. Uh, your more moderate Democrats, have them vote to acquit. Send a message to the House that you don't want to go through all of this again. It's not helping your party. It might be making the the uh, extreme edge of the party happy, but the rank and file are just seeing it, and they're just seeing Trump as being abused and bullied by a bunch of whack jobs. All Trump did was try to sneak up, stand up for the United States. I don't want to give in, get into the arguments. It's like Jonathan Turley, uh, the the law professor, said. You know, chances are, you know, Trump did a lot of things that were bad. And it's quite possible that they rose the level of impeachment, but the House did not prepare a case for, they did not have a case suitable for impeachment when they voted on it. They couldn't wait. And so they withdrew their subpoenas. Joe Lieberman, uh, speaking on Hannity, said that that he he would have liked to heard from witnesses, but if he had been a senator, uh, he would be voting to acquit. He also opined that uh, the likes of Alexander Hamilton and Hamilton and James Madison likely would have voted to acquit too, because impeachment is is an extreme remedy when there is no other remedy. And frankly, right now there's a remedy that's nine months away. And had the House and and Democrats been focused on passing meaningful legislation that they could work with Republicans on to get passed that everybody cares about, they could have made a far better case for why one of their um, people should be president than sitting there focusing all this time and energy. You know, Nancy Pelosi was around for the Clinton trial. Chucky Schumer was around for the Clinton trial. Uh, Nadler, Jerry the Hutt, was around for the Clinton trial.
they saw what it did to the Republican Party. And yet they continued. They continued onward with this. You know, um, um, Lisa Murkowski, whom I don't have a lot of respect for, but in her, her statement, when she announced that she was going to be a no vote for the witnesses, she said that this whole proceeding has discredited Congress. And she's right. It has. I mean, the president is the president, and he's discredited himself in many ways with how he acts. But you've stooped down to his level. It's how people that normally would say, point out, look, look at what Trump is doing. They end up having to say no, because, because <laughs> it's unbelievable. Because here's what one of the House managers said, if we don't convict Trump, and literally they just said this yesterday, if we don't convict Trump, then maybe he's gonna he's gonna go over and sell out the American farmer in China to get China to to roll over on Hunter Biden. You can't make that stuff up. You really can't. I'm going to shift gears here because I've beat this one. To, uh, I, I, I'm surprised that we're allowing this, 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 uh, um, this show trial to go on. I mean, the 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 vote yes essentially was yesterday. Um, you know, Bolton had his last chance to have his Iran war. Um, that's what he was. That's what you know. That's what this was all about. By the way, with Bolton, is he wants a war with Iran. And he just wants somebody to give it to him. He he's he's blabbing all this stuff. Why? Because he didn't get his war with Iran. And so he's trying to push all the buttons, trying to get it to happen. Yes, let's hear from another another witness who who is willing to spill private personal conversation with the president that has nothing to do with actual policy put into place. People talk a lot, you know, when they're between each other. But where there's a big difference between talking, it's big difference between the president saying during the campaign, well, I'm going to put a Muslim ban out, which was bombastic and wrong. I'm not going to support that. Okay, but was the policy a Muslim ban? I mean, that's what, what, what one of those stupid district courts said when they when they blocked the blocked his policy. Well, he said it was a Muslim ban during the campaign. What a freaking idiot! His ban that he put in place, besides Iran, which is a state sponsor of terror. He banned the travel from collapsed states. 
where there was no way to vet the people coming here. Libya, Syria, places like that. Egypt, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, some of the largest population-wise of uh, Muslim countries in the world were not impacted by this so-called Muslim ban. But because the president used those terms during the campaign, some jerk of a judge said that that was enough to say that his ban should be put on the shelf. One more piece of advice for Democrats, and we're going to call it a night before Groundhog Day. Um, electoral college, that's going to be a big factor coming up again. I think that's one of the reasons why the president is campaigning in New Jersey. I think he'll be probably having some events in California. He's going to try to uh, alleviate that popular vote issue. Um, the only way he can do that, of course, is for Republicans to turn out in New York, in California, because he doesn't have to win them to, to, to win the popular vote. He just has to have a good showing. Uh, in 2016 in California, uh, the, the main, uh, the main uh, competition on the ballot was the Senate seat. And because of how California does their primaries, uh, they have a jungle primary, which is all the candidates are in, and then the top two vote-getters, unless one of them gets over 50%, the top two vote-getters vote square off in the November election. And so because it's California, what happened, it was two Democrats. So Republicans had no reason statewide to turn out for an election in California 2016 which could be an impact as to why there was such a lopsided vote uh, in California, because the two, the, the, the top bill, the, the Senate seat, was a Democrat versus a Democrat, giving a lot of incentive for Republicans to stay home. Not an excuse, I just said a lot of incentive. But here, let me talk about, uh, here's, uh, because as I've been reading in one of my courses, um, when the Bill of Rights was established, there was uh, a couple other things. One of them, um, uh, congressional pay, was uh, was an issue that was originally tied to the Bill of Rights and uh, didn't actually get passed until, I think, 90, 1992 or something like that, 27th Amendment. But there was another one that was very interesting. Was Madison had proposed that there be a... Uh, a, a certain count of citizens for each representative. And his proposal that was going to be a constitutional amendment was 30,000 per representative. Um, they upped it to 50,000, hoping that, that maybe they could get um, maybe some traction on that. It didn't pass. But for some reason... Um, some reason we got stuck in 1911. Uh, 92 million was the population of the United States. We decided on 435 representatives in the, in the House of Representatives. Um, 
today we have you know three almost four times that much and uh, population wise and yet we still have the same number of representatives now if you take Madison's number of 50,000 and say one representative for 50,000 people that would make the House of Representatives uh, number 6,600 people now think about this for a minute okay I, I think that number is probably a little bit ridiculous um, one you'd have to build a new Capitol building or at least the new uh, House of Representatives wing of the Capitol building. Um, but but think about this for just a moment. One, you wouldn't have uh, these people having so many different committee assignments. Um, also, they would be very much more attentive to their individual districts. You would cut. You would have a lot less gerrymandering. Uh, the drawing of districts. I mean, you would still have it, but you would have a lot less justification for it because you could. it would be a lot easier to block a number of, say, 50,000 than it would be when you're drawing lines to, because your state has uh, four or five representatives, and so you have to draw those lines. But if you just say, well, for every 50,000, you have one representative, um, then you you just carve up a city based on that. But here's where it really comes into play, is the Electoral College. And Democrats, listen up. Because this is going to kill me, and it's going to help you. If you were to increase the number of representatives in the House by setting some sort of apportionment based on population. Probably not that 6,600 for House of Representatives, although that would be kind of fun to watch. You're going to increase the number of electors. And so states that right now are outsized on their strength, which are those states which have three electors like Wyoming and South Dakota and North Dakota and, and such. Those states uh, have an outsized representation. Um, California uh, would have a much stronger representation in the Electoral College that way if you were to change the number of the House of Representatives. By the way, that number, because the amendment that Madison proposed had failed to be ratified or even be considered for ratification, um, that number is not in the Constitution. So uh, if any of you uh, are uh, in contact with Speaker Pelosi, tell her to do that. Propose it. She's the Speaker of the House. She can say, Maybe we should triple the size of the House of Representatives, or we should say that, that we're going to say that there are um, a member of the House of Representatives for, say, 300,000 people. You know, that would, that would not quite triple, I think, or so. It might, it, might, it might triple it. I'm not doing the math here on the show. And then it's not a question of 
you know, which state loses, what state gains. When you do the census, here's the population. This is how many representatives you have. And that number is set every 10 years, and it's not a fixed number. You set it on the, on the, uh, on the, in, you know, at the, in 20, uh, well, 2021, that number would be set. So for the 2024 election and for the 2028 election, it would use the, the 2020 census. And then the 2032 election would use the 2030 census. Very simple. Very simple. It eliminates that problem. Of course, getting rid of the Electoral College eliminates it too, but that you need to have two-thirds of each House of Representatives, plus you need 38 states. By the way, 30 states voted for Donald Trump. You need 30, 38 states to say, yes, we want to give all of our power to California and New York and Florida. Good luck with that. This is Snake River Lib. Remember, Taxation to take from one to give to another is theft, and no, the government shouldn't. <laughs>